I love a good roadmap, and that's why I've brought in Don Vialo. Love to chat with him again. Timingthemarket.ca. Don, appreciate you finding time. You know, we're looking forward to 2023. Obviously, that's the cliched thing you do at this time of year, but it's important to have kind of a roadmap here. And I'm thinking, for example, last year you said, hey, second year of a presidential uh, term, you know, you're going to bottom in the first half of the year, then you're going to rally. Well, I think that absolutely is what happened. Yeah, it's been amazing historically. Uh, the U.S. market and the Canadian market uh, reached a very important four-year low you know, around the middle of the midterm election year, which was this year. Uh, it's a little bit different this this uh, time around. Uh, we actually had uh, a double bottom with both the Canadian and U.S. equity markets. Uh, one right around the end of June, and the other one right around the middle of October. But historically, once you reach the uh, that uh, low, uh, then that's the a very important point in the markets to become fully invested. And now what's happened since the middle of October? Markets have rallied slightly. I guess uh, the uh, Dow and S&P 500 are up about 2% and the TSE Composites up about 3%. So we're, we're getting lined up for the next year, uh, which historically has been a very good year. Historically, in the uh, year after the, uh, the third year of the presidential election cycle, is the best year for both the Canadian and for the U.S. equity markets. In fact, going back to 1930s, this particular year, the third year of the presidential cycle, on average, the Dow Jones Industrial Average has increased 14% per period. Wow. And and how consistent is that? This is what I really enjoy, the seasonality you do. And, of course, we'll talk technicals here that you also do. But the seasonal tendency, I guess is how I'd put it. Not guarantee, but it's a tendency. And so how consistent has that been? Yeah, historically, on a seasonality basis, you like to have trades which work about uh, 75 to 80% of the time. And that is the, the case for this particular uh, estimate. Okay, so, wow. that's. I mean, that that's for me, it's a starting point. It says, okay, now we drill down and say, you know, what groups or what individuals, whatever. But the overall tendency of the market in the third year, as you've just said, averaging, wow, 14% gain, but uh, reliable about 75% of the time. So obviously that brings you to, uh, you know, when you look forward into 2023, how do you use that information? Where do you go next? Well, the key is you want to look at the uh, sectors that do best. And this is what we did in the uh, last year's uh, World uh, Conference. And uh, last year we made a, a sector selection, which was the metals and mining sector. And uh, if you look at what happened uh, this year, uh, that seasonal trade was pretty spectacular. Uh, first of all, some background. Uh, the reason for the recommendation is that it, that sector does very well right through until uh, June, of each, June of each year. Well, this year was a little bit different. Uh, the uh, metals and mining sector, based on the, the ETF, the symbol is XME, from around the time of the uh, conference last year to uh, around the end of April, the uh, XME uh, went up 55%, so a huge gain. So investors did very, very well for that particular trade. The question is, is it going to happen again this year or next year? Well, historically, this the uh, metals and mining sector bottoms right around the beginning of October. Well, this year, it's a little bit different. This year, it looks like it's bottomed right around the end of September. And it's starting to show some really good recoveries from since then. That's because 
base metal prices have done well. Demand for steel has increased quite nicely. So all these things are coming together for this year and probably for next year as well. Already, if you look at the uh, the XME from the, its bottom near the end of September, it's already up 25%. It's a really good gain. <laughs> but sure there's good reason, good reason to believe that it's set up for even farther gains as we get into uh, 2023. Historically, the sector does well right through until April of each year. Well, it's interesting too. This past week, we got kind of word of the lifting of lockdowns in China. I mean, they're no longer going to require people who travel travel to China to quarantine as one example there. It's clearly because uh, that the lack of Chinese demand uh, because of their lockdown approach or zero COVID approach has certainly had a huge impact on a variety of uh, you know, sectors, but mainly the commodities is what people look at. So, uh, you know, if they indeed are coming back, you never know, but they have certainly made those announcements this past week. Uh, that would also be a positive, I would suspect, uh, for the commodity sector. Yes, exactly. The commodities are so important in two areas. For example, uh, commodity demand uh, in the United States and Canada increased quite nicely this year because of the uh, programs in the states which are designed to uh, improve uh, infrastructure. But also, as you mentioned, China is so important. It's just starting to open up. And demand for steel and for copper and zinc and all these commodities is going to be very strong getting into farther into the year. So that's setting up the trade in the metals and mining sector for a, a really good move into the year 2023. No, I'm just I'm just throwing stuff at you because I know how interested people are in. in again, you were here at the World Outlook Conference last year. Uh, people did very well following those recommendations. But as you know, there's some you know really consistent interest, and in one of the areas, uh, both gold and silver, uh, have great interest. But let me start with gold. You know, coming out of that sort of mining discussion. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, gold also has very strong seasonality. Historically, gold and precious metals bottom right around the middle of December, and they move higher right through until around the end of February. That's one of the two periods of seasonal strength, and I call that the uh, the uh, the China effect, where the Chinese New Year uh, opens up. The other one is from about the middle of June right through until September of each year, and that's uh, what I call the in the Diwali effect, where there's an in increase in demand for precious metals at, at that time for jewelry. This year, it was a little bit different. Uh, first of all, the trade uh, early in the year was, was quite, really quite spectacular. It worked very well. That was the, uh, the trade for the China opening. So last year, we, from uh, December of uh, 2020 to March of 2021, we saw the uh, XGD, which is the gold ETF in, on the TSE, is up 35%. Now, this year, the trade for the uh, summer trade, the one from June to September, it didn't play out. What happened is the U.S. dollar was very, very strong during that period of time, and that squashed the possibility of a, of a trade in, in the summertime. But now it comes right down to what's going to happen this time around. We're back to the middle of December, and... How does it look for the trade getting into middle of December until, say, February of next year? And so far, so good. Technicals are starting to improve for XGD. Looks like gold prices are bottom, and they look like they want to go higher. So this year, the play for the, the China uh, New Year's is looking very, very good. 
as China starts to improve its economy, you're going to have greater demand for gold and gold jewelry, and that's going to help the price of gold move higher right through the Chinese uh, New Year coming up very shortly. And that's coming up, by the way, uh, I believe it's on uh, uh, January the 22nd, uh, this, uh, this time around. What are you seeing on the technical side? Now, we're talking seasonal, just to keep everybody up to date, the cyclical patterns, the seasonal patterns. But then you drill down and you look at the actual technicals at timingthemarket.ca. Tell me, what are you seeing technically for gold? I mean, uh, it's still trading in a range. Uh, You know, we did have their dip down into that 16s, the high 16s. You know, we've seen to bump up against something, you know, north of 1900 several times. I look at very specific uh, technical indicators. First of all, I look at the trend. Or currently, the trend for for gold on, on an intermediate-term basis is still down. But on a short-term basis, it has bottomed about uh, two weeks ago and starting to show some signs. But I also look at how gold is doing relative to the S&P 500. And that's one of the uh, tip-offs that the, for the uh, seasonal gold trade. When you start to see gold and gold stocks outperform the S&P 500, that's a pretty good sign that the trade is going to work on a seasonal basis when again. Then I also look at short-term indicators, things like RSI, stochastics, uh, and um, MACD is the other one that I look at. And those have all turned up quite nicely during the last two weeks. Uh, are you seeing a correlation with silver's action? I mean, it had that dip down in the fall that I thought seemed low to me, <laughs> you know, but and it's had a, a decent sort of move off of that, but are, are you, do you have anything clearly getting uh, spelled out for 2023? Yeah, there's certain things we look at when we have the precious metal side. We look at how uh, silver is acting relative to gold. We look at how the equities are acting relative to uh, the, the precious metals themselves. And we have a, a very distinct uh, trend here. We have silver outperforming gold right now, which is a very good sign. The seasonal trade in precious metals is lining up very, very nicely this year. Also, we're starting to see the uh, uh, the equities to outperform the both gold and silver. Also, a very good sign that the seasonal trade is going to work once again this year. Actually, you just read my mind because I was thinking I don't want to confuse people. Obviously, we could be talking bullion and we can be talking shares. So you've just answered that question that you're looking at favorable performance out of the gold shares, out of the silver shares as one of your indicators there. But again, we're looking at it moving higher, as you say, into Chinese New Year at the end of January, uh, usually a, a period of seasonal strength at this rate. So you're getting some confirmations in that direction. Exactly. It's all getting lined up once again for a very attractive seasonal trade this year. Um, I know I'm jumping around, but I just, as I say, I appreciate what people will say. Well, ask them about this. Ask them about this. Well, I'm going to save one of my favorite trades uh, for a moment or two more, but just get a broad take from you on the oil market. Again, I'm thinking China's reopening. You know, uh, they have We've lost about 2 million barrels per day from demand that we'd normally get from that direction. So maybe that'll slowly build as a sort of un- unravel or unlock, rather, uh, their economy. Yeah, on a seasonal basis, crude oil has a period of seasonal strength right around the middle of December, right through until, usually right through until uh, June of each year. Uh, and something else, which is one of your favorite trades, and that's gasoline. I, and, that's the uh, one. You, it, that's it's the always, one for me, Don. It's <laughs> fascinating how... Uh, Gasoline and crude oil uh, pretty well track each other. Historically, gasoline does bottom right around uh, about the middle of de- uh, December and starts to move nicely higher from that point. And historically, moves higher right through until 
around the end of the uh, beginning of the driving season in the United States, right around the end of May. Of course, this was a spectacular trade last year uh, from the time that we had the uh, World Conference right through until approximately the end of June. Uh, the price of gasoline doubled. So anybody that followed that trade was a happy camper. So the question is, what about this year? And yeah, we're starting to see gasoline prices reach a technical bottom about two weeks ago, starting to outperform the uh, major market indices and short-term momentum indicators are already starting to turn higher. So this is getting lined up for a very attractive seasonal trade once again. A couple things about that. One, I first I want to acknowledge, uh, obviously I've been you know in the markets a long, long time, uh, but you were the one who brought that gasoline trade to my attention a number of years ago. And one of the things that first jumped out at me, and I am not making a recommendation because we don't know what people's individual circumstances are. We're just putting stuff on their radar screen, but it's worked out on a probability basis. Uh, we had talked earlier about uh, you know the third year of a presidential cycle waking, working out 75% of the time. Well, this trade that you're describing in the gas market, the wholesale gas market's worked out higher than that. Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, during the last 20 periods, it worked uh, 18 times. So that's a pretty good uh, uh, ratio of success, about 90%. Yeah, it's a good starting point. But the other thing is there's some fundamentals that are pretty basic here. We know we drive less, you know, as we come into the winter season. That usually plays out pretty consistently. We know, though, the, the big thing that, again, that you've been uh, sort of pioneering is making people pay attention to when they switch over from the winter grade of gas to the summer grade of driving and the uh, grade of gasoline, that creates an automatic shortage at times. And uh, it's, that's been consistent too. Yes, the, uh, there is an added, additive given to the gasoline. And of course, by definition, by providing additives, there's more cost involved and the price automatically goes higher. There's another factor in that is historically, something strange historically has happened at the major refineries both in Canada and the United States, there's usually one major refinery blows up in the springtime. Don't know which one it's going to be, but historically that's what's happened. And whenever that happens, you get a short-term period of time where the availability of the kind of gas you want is not always there. And, and again, just a, a reminder that what we've been talking about also is how to, how to if you choose, if it's appropriate for you, risk-wise, et cetera, uh, you know, you're looking at an exchange-traded fund, UGA, um, you know, is, is a symbol, uh, and you would participate in that way. But, I, I you know, Don, I got to be blunt. I love it because at the Outlook Conference last year, you, of course, talked about that. Of course, as you know, you have to because I beg you, but you talked about that. But, I mean, we're talking about a massive move last year. And, again, that sounds too hypey on my part, but there has been a consistency. I just want to put it, uh, put it on people's plates. But it was a very strong move last year. Well, we're starting to see a little bit of here in, uh, in the Toronto area, uh, the price of gasoline just over the last week has gone from $1.44 per litre up to $1.47. So we've got some early signs that the seasonal trend is going to happen once again. Uh, and let me come to a couple of I'm keeping you a little longer than I said, and I know it's the time of year that uh, you've got other things on, but just a couple of other uh, quick ones. One is we talked about the U.S. dollar. I mean, it holds such a key for, of course, we price everything in commodities in U.S. dollars. Just any take on the U.S. dollars or a seasonality there or a technical picture there that, uh, you know, that we should at least be paying attention to. 
There is uh, seasonality in the U.S. dollar and also in the Canadian dollar. Historically, the U.S. dollar has weakened uh, during the last two months of the year relative to almost all the currencies in the world. That has a lot to do with the way currencies are, are, are handled. A lot of corporations are moving funds from, say, Europe or Canada back to the United States and whatever for dividend payment purposes and for um, basically fixing up their balance sheet for the end of the year. So that's historically happened. And right around uh, the beginning of January, the U.S. dollar historically has started to move higher. Uh, that's probably a reasonable indication of what's going to happen this time as well. During the last uh, two months, the U.S. dollar has been under significant uh, downside pressure. And it's good reason to believe that uh, that downside uh, trend is probably going to flatten out here for a while. If that's the case, uh, that still uh, means that there's opportunities here to watch the currencies very, very closely. So historically, that's because of currency trends, it's another reason why you want to own Canadian equities instead of uh, U.S. equities. Um, historically, the best time to own the Canadian uh, market, the particular TSX 60, is from the middle of December right through until the first week in March. If you think about it, there's a lot of things happening during that time. People are con contributing to their RSPs and their TSFAs. And that's the kind of money that goes into the equity markets. So historically, that's the time when the Canadian equity market significantly does outperform the U.S. equity market. So it's a good time to be a Canadian and to invest in Canada. Well, you know we're going to be calling on you again to give us updates on all of this. But, uh, Don, please know how much we appreciate you finding time this time of year for us. As you know, I was very keen on getting you on to give us what was coming up uh, this coming year, what the kind of backdrop we need to make our investment decisions. Done a great job. Thanks so much. Thank you, Michael. Don Vialo, timingthemarket.ca. Go to it every day. It's free, great commentary. You get the charts on the technical side of things, timing the market, and you get the seasonality, timingthemarket.ca.